watch out. Yeah, talking about way out there. Beheim! Wow, is that silencing a little bit. Schrader takes. It's a two-man rush. Schrader steps Stop up. It. Pop pass in the middle. Tucker's got it. Ruby run. 15-10. Hit and in. Gregory touchdown. The Bills make me want to Allen looks to his left. Fires left side. It goes to the end zone. Stephon Diggs makes the catch. Touchdown, Buffalo. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox. Baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. This is On the Block. Yeah, I was driving home yesterday, so I heard some of your show. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Brent. Thank you. Thanks, Brent. Two, one. Here's X-Men. ESPN Radio 97.7 ESPN Radio Utica Road Heard at 96.5 FM Heard wherever you are Whatever you are doing on the ESPN app Seen, heard, and everything in between All 22 of you On the magical website Known as QSportsTalk.com. A place where we gather, we talk sports, whether it's 22 or not. We're feeling 22 on this show uh, today. And not just because Mikey Powell's 22. We'll head to the rafters on Saturday. Hope you had a a terrific weekend. Hope you're ready to uh, get on board here and talk sports with us. There is a phone call that you can make to a radio station, even if you're not on the Select 22 list at 437-7644 to have your voice heard on this radio station today. You can hit us in the chat at QSportsTalk.com if you prefer that. You can hit me on Twitter, Brent Dax Media, if you prefer that. QSportsTalk.com, a place where it all comes together, friends, where you can watch the show, participate in the show, and get the show within the show, meaning when the radio audience, those of you on hold, of the 22 club trying to get through, will hear the commercials come through your eardrums. Those on QSportsTalk.com will hear me and Jordan and company talking to you during those commercial breaks on QSportsTalk.com because, uh, well, we like you that much. We just can't quit you. We can't even take a four-minute break from you at QSportsTalk.com. We want to talk to you. All the time. So, however you're taking in the show today, it is greatly appreciated. We'd love to hear your voice uh, throughout the show on a number of things, as we will get into. Yeah, I'm going to have a response. I mean, how could I not? It was a meatball right down the middle. Of course, I'm going to swing at it, so I will certainly have a response to Jim Beheim calling out sports talk radio callers. Wiley Coyote chasing the Roadrunner. Of course, I've got to respond to that. And we will later in the show. Hot takes on the way uh, that will focus a bit. On, wait, the Knicks are good? What, what happened here? Now, all of a sudden, the Knicks are good. Okay, we will get to that. Derek Carr is going to not the Jets. So is it that or just like that? Nah. 
That's cool. We got Aaron Rodgers, right? <laughs> right? We're gonna we're gonna get Aaron Rodgers, right? If you're a Jets fan, that's what you're uh, thinking today. The possibility of this current edition of the Syracuse Basketball Orange making a deep run in Greensboro after the festivities over the weekend, which we will certainly talk about. That was an incredible lacrosse game at the Dome yesterday. Syracuse lost what has to be one of the weirdest statistical anomalies I think I've ever seen in a lacrosse game, and it's not just me. The participants, in terms of the head coaches, said as much afterwards, and you just don't see things add up in this way often. So big lacrosse weekend at the Dome on Sunday. Big shout-out right off the top to Pete Sala and his great crew at the Dome. I mean, think about that. The amazing day on Saturday at the Dome, the festivities, the ceremonies. And By the time everybody's out of there and the time they have to work overnight to have that Dome ready, flipping from basketball to football with an 11 a.m. start, and, you know, they're on the field a couple hours ahead of time, warming up, doing the whole thing. I mean, it's just incredible what Pete Sala and his crew do. Pete's Army at the Dome, and I wanted to make sure to give them a shout-out because uh, that never ceases to amaze me how they can do that and flip it that quickly and the process in which it does it. You watch the time-elapse videos and, and see how that's done, and it's just it, it still amazes me. It's the little things in life that uh, amaze me. So shout out to Pete Sally. That's not a little thing, by the way, but uh, maybe something that doesn't get talked about as much as it should. Matthew Bergeron on the rise at the Combine. Two Syracuse players made pro football focus as top 100. We'll tell you, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. You can figure it out on your own. But why, in particular, that's a big deal? And why was Sean Tucker not seen at the Combine in certain ways? We will discuss that, the blind side awaits but of course we start here now as i mentioned i'll have a little response to uh jim and fayetteville taking shots at sports radio callers my people a little bit later on here but what we have to start with is nostalgia is a hell of a drug i had a feeling this would be the case if you listened on friday i was starting to feel it a little bit and that was before i saw any of the clips from the event on Friday at Syracuse University, which they just did an extraordinary job with. To see the clips from that, if you were lucky enough to be in the room, it was a different experience. But just the clips they put on social media of that team sitting there talking about the 2003 season, the team, the championship game, as the game plays, and the camaraderie there, the brotherhood, that's there. The stories that were coming. I mean, instantly, 20 years later, this team gets its full due. Not that they haven't been celebrated before, but time passes. A new generation gets introduced to it. And those clips were incredible to hear Carmelo Anthony address the current team, to see those players looking back. The description of the block from Hakeem Warwick and everybody was feeling it. And let's be honest here, the timing on this could not have been better. Syracuse comes into that. They had lost four straight games by an average of 19 points. I, you don't have, I don't have to give you the numbers. You know where this team was at. And it was as if, okay, we got you. And by the way, it wasn't just the 2003 team. You saw a number of former players in that building on Saturday that did not win a national championship, some that didn't even play in a Final Four, that just feel part of that 
camaraderie, that brotherhood, that uh, association of being a former Syracuse basketball player, and perhaps maybe some like, hey man, just in case this is Bayheim's last run here, let's let's make sure we're there. But I think the current addition of this team, and some of them even said it after the game, were inspired by that, were motivated by that. There was a big game feel to the Dome on Saturday, and even before that, there was just a big game feel in town, knowing those champions were back, knowing that the good feelings were back again about Syracuse basketball, because let's be honest, there's been a lot of those bad feelings expressed not only here on Sports Talk Radio, but everywhere. And you can't get lower than losing four in a row in which the manner Syracuse did. They needed a different kind of lift. They needed a different kind of inspiration that could not come from within. It could not come from even Bayheim. It could not it, it had to come in a different way. And it came with the 2003 team reminding everybody this is what can be. Now that's the peak. That's the ultimate, right? To expect teams to reach that pinnacle is a very tall mountain to climb, but that collective feeling that has been missing. It's been there in spots, in moments, at times. To see the walls come down, to see the guard come down, and I'm going to skip even past the game for a moment here. The speech afterwards, they were both great, but, man, Jerry McNamara. I mean, you want to talk about why that man is connected with this fan base, as he put it, from the moment he walked on campus and has grown before our very eyes as a player, as an assistant coach, now somebody that has four kids that go to local schools and is just as ingrained as anybody, a Scranton boy forever, right? But somebody that's as Syracuse as anybody, and I'll tell you what, he sounded a hell of a lot like a head coach in that speech. If and when that day comes, not that we didn't know that already, if you hear Jerry on this radio station, by golly, radio listeners and the 22 callers getting great perspective from somebody on a sports talk radio show. Who would think? But you've heard Jerry on this show, not this show, on this radio station, pardon me, on Orange Nation. He's terrific. He's always been great, right? And that's not to take anything away from Red Autry, who's also great, who also comes on this radio station weekly, as Alan Griffin does, right? The perspective you get from all these coaches is terrific, and you feel it, and you know it, and you appreciate it, Right? But I don't know, Jerry just had a command about that thing. And to, he was certainly relieved that they won the game, right? But I think that appreciation was there. Being back with that team, being back and being reminded of what once was and what they're trying to build back to. That team had to play with some sort of pride. They were called out by Bayheim on Tuesday after the Georgia Tech loss, as they should have been and asked bluntly and directly, what do you play for? And I think Jim had the proper response to that. As jarring as that was to hear, that team did play with pride. That team moved on defense. It shut off passing lanes. It trapped on shooters. It did all the things it had not been doing in the four previous games. Defense was a key reason why they won that game. Jesse Edwards going off for the first 2020 game since Paul Harris in the six-overtime game yeah, that had a little something to do with it, too. But we had not seen Jesse play like that until that game. And Joe Girard in what may have been his last game, not his best shooting night, 
but he got to the 16 points you need from him. Judah Mintz continuing to send people to local churches to pray he comes back next year. Driving the hoop. He's kind of got that leaning kiss off the glass drive and the uh, just the continued improvement and involvement in his game. It wasn't a must win. I don't think that was a way to describe it, but it was a can't lose in so many ways. And how unfair for Wake Forest that it wasn't just the current members of this team that Syracuse had on its side Saturday. It had history, and frankly, and you know, again, as I'll get into in the next segment, Jim, just take the win here as opposed to having to unnecessarily call people out. But the fans were great. Now, let's be honest here. A lot of that fan base was there to celebrate the past and not the present. But they got a bonus. No one left. And everybody was given certain motivation to stay because, well, look at that. The team played a great game. Something we had not seen in the past four games, which, by the way, was beyond the usual ups and downs of a season. That was jarring. That was startling. That was just a complete and utter drop-off that no one could explain. Unusual circumstances call for unusual methods of recovery sometimes, and that's what we saw on Saturday. So for a day, everybody was right back to that great feeling, even Bayheim, You could tell how emotional he was on the court, talking about Billy Edelin, even some post-game comments, the smiles, the emotions that you saw from him at that event on Friday, if you watch some of the clips, and just you put all that aside, right? Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. You know, I think if you've had the great fortune to go to your high school reunion or this past weekend, I'm a radio geek, so I'm going to cite this, and I did not get to go because I was working, but I felt just... The reunion of this is the weekend every year when Syracuse plays their last home game. That uh, shout out to our friends at Z89. They have their the annual banquet and it's kind of a, a reunion every year. And this was the 50th anniversary, so it was a big one. And as somebody that worked there and that is a special time in my life, like I just felt that camaraderie, that brother and that sisterhood that is there, right? So if you great fortune to have that in your life. People you just get back with, and it, it doesn't matter how long it's been. You just pick up right where you left off. You know, people that have, have served in the military. Um, I'm leaving things out here, but I hope you have that in your life. Even if it's just a bunch of friends that have been in your life forever. And, you know, I have friends like that, that I can go two or three years without talking to them, run into them, hear from them, and it's like that time never passed. Everybody felt part of that thing. And if you didn't, you got to, I, I got a, a text from a friend of mine who was walking out of the dome on Saturday. Well, give him a little shout out here, my boy Wiz. And he said, I had to tell you this. And what he wanted to reach out to tell me was how many people were walking out of the dome on Saturday telling a younger generation who Jerry McNamara was, who Hakeem Warwick was, what that 2003 season was like. I saw our friend Mike McAllister at the game with his son. And how many of you got to do that and experience that? That's that feeling that we, from somebody who obviously didn't play on the team and wasn't a part of it in that way, but they can make you feel like that. They can make you feel a part of that. That is 
something that a lot of fan bases feel, but it's different here. It's different here because that's our pro team, right? The connection is unique. The mixture in central New York between alums and people that went to the games for years and continue to go to the games because that's our team. And I was that forever. I didn't go to Syracuse University, but I grew up here. And the ownership that people feel in being part of that, that collective feeling, you can't describe it. That would have been good enough on its own, whether Syracuse won or lost the game, but the fact that they showed some pride again. Not that they were, you know, they just weren't playing up to their capability and something was missing. Okay, I don't want to say they quit in those games because I I don't say that lightly. But something clearly was missing and not just how badly they were playing defense. That team needed that. And it came from those that have been through it before. And that's just what we saw. Who knows what was said behind the scenes to that team by the 2003 players. Carmelo's message certainly got across here. But, you know, Joe Girard said it after the game. He wanted to win for Jerry. And how many stories are there like that? So for a day... They ended on a good note. You're only as good as your last game, right? And we'll see what their last game is here in Greensboro. We'll talk about this later. We'll talk about it through the week leading right up until 12 noon on Wednesday. With Syracuse, you always have to leave the window open. I cannot see this team winning four in a row in Greensboro. But that's sports for you. Sports brings about the unexplainable. That unexplainable feeling that you know what it's like, that you can't describe, but, man, you want to feel it. And on Saturday, everybody felt it again. Not only for what we felt 20 years ago, but felt the pride, the orange pride in this current team as well. Everything synced up for a day, and it was great. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. 437-7644 437-7644 is the phone number. Brent Axe Media on Twitter and the chat flowing at QSportsTalk.com. Now, we give away the phone number for obvious reasons because of what this show is. Obviously, uh, if, if you have not heard or seen, we'll play the clip for you when we come back. Most of you, I'm sure, have by now. But Jim Beheim just had to go there. Jim Beheim couldn't take the win, literally. He was feeling himself again. Jim, who had been humbled and had been on his best press conference behavior, not that I want sanitized Jim Beheim because I want him to feel like he can say what he wants to say in those press conferences, but obviously given what he had said in the pressers that got him in trouble, the comments to Pete Thamel going after the student reporters, uh, we had seen a more sanitized version of Jim Beheim, right? Oh, that was over Saturday, wasn't it? He just had to go there, and he had to call out the callers to this show and this radio station and sports talk radio callers in general. So you know I am going to have a response to that. You call out my people, well, you called down the thunder, and now you got it. We'll do that next, but first we will see how things went on the markets on this Monday, March the 6th, 2023, as our friend Lee Baldwin is here to tell us all about that, ladies and gentlemen. 
Lee, how are you? Hello, Brent. It, it's, it's March Madness, and the Dow is on a four-day run. you got to go. go on streaks, right? There That's we right. go. So we'll take what we can get. Uh, Merck is our diamond of the day, up over 3%. They had promising news on some heart disease drugs, so that's all good. Uh, but our dog, we had a dog, Dexcom, down nearly 8% uh, after rival Abbott Labs got FDA approval or clearance for a competitive glucose monitoring device. So our dog is actually good news for people with diabetes. So I'll take that as a double diamond. Sure. Why not? We'll go for yeah. it. Yeah. Two, two. There you go. That's two, a, two. Two, two. That's, that's a, <laughs> it's an interesting number around these parts lately, Lee. I'm, I'm glad you went with that theme. <laughs> like, wow. Yes. Very good. Appreciate it, sir. All right. All right. We'll talk all to right. you soon. Thanks, Brett. There he goes. Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. Love to hear from Lee on all that's happening on the markets, and he said it himself, March Madness, you got to go on a streak, right? Make sure you go on a streak with all the diamonds and none of the dogs. From our friends at Lee Baldwin and Company, you can find at LeeBaldwin.com. Or better yet, stop in, have a cup of coffee, talk to Lee, Mike, Bill, and the great voices you hear on this segment. Uh, we will respond to Jim in Fayetteville next, Eric. Watch your favorite ESPN Syracuse sports talk shows on QSportsTalk.com. <laughs> This is On the Block with Brent Axe. I just love those guys. They just, they're great people. They really are unbelievable people. Players today aren't like that anymore. Not even close, but that's the way life is. There's, there's no Roosevelt Bowie and Lewis Orr's anymore either. Those guys are gone. We got guys that want to score points and look at the box score different world not just uh, calling out sports talk radio callers calling out the modern day athlete it's not what it used to be certainly we can compare and contrast but again i don't know if that was necessary either but uh this be a boring world if we all agreed which uh, speaks to uh sports talk radio and the callers that call into it and interact with it. And now we have the, the chat at QSportsTalk.com, which people interact with. And there is a number of people out there that just listen, just participate in that way, either live or via podcast later. So we do have some callers on the line here, some familiar voices, part of the 22 club, if you will. So I would ask our friends that are on hold to have just a little patience here. You're used to uh, waiting through my ramblings Anyway, because if you're going to call up my people, I'm going to respond. I mean, just put the tee, put the ball right up there on the tee, and I'm going to grab the bat, and I'm going to swing. Here's what Jim said about Sports Talk Radio callers after the game on set. And the fans here, they're not the one calling the radio show. Not one fan that was here tonight calls any radio show. The people that call the radio shows do not come to games. They don't have season tickets. The only way they come is if somebody gives them a ticket. This reflects what our fan base thinks of our program. We had not a great season about what people thought, probably, that predict things like this. I don't. And what was here, what we're here today? 24,500 people, and, and you think that people are upset with our program? 
Yeah, they're upset. The ones sitting home calling. That's who's upset. Do I want to do better? Yeah, yeah, we want to do better. But the people that show up tell you whether you have support or not. Not who calls on the radio. The same 22 people call. Okay. Where to begin? Let's begin at the end. Sports talk radio does relate sometimes to hearing some of the same voices. There are many stats out there about the people that listen to sports talk radio versus people that call into sports talk radio. The people that call into sports talk radio are more motivated and they don't mind being on the radio. A concept a lot of people, for whatever reasons, shy away from. I know this because I talk to them in public every day. Hey, Brent, I listen to you all the time. Hey, that's great. You should call in sometime. No, 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 I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that for a myriad of reasons, right? Maybe they just listen on their way home. They listen later on the podcast, or they just don't want to go on the radio and talk sports, but they consume the product. They're there every day. So some of the voices that you hear regularly in the 22 club, as Jim puts it there, yes, tend to repeat themselves because they feel comfortable being on these airwaves, knowing they're going to be treated, even if I disagree with them, I would hope. You know, sometimes things go off the rails, but they're going to have an, an opportunity to express their opinion, and they're going to be treated respectfully, even if I disagree with that opinion, right? So let's look at that. Jim's comment at the beginning that not one person in the stands calls sports talk radio, even by Jim Beheim hyperbole, is just beyond the pale and how stupid that comment is and how wrong that comment is. There are plenty of people that were in the building on Saturday as season ticket holders that regularly call this radio station and listen to this radio station and participate in what we do on this radio station and on the chat at QSportsTalk.com. I mean, you have to know the second that leaves your lips, you're wrong about that. I mean, I can give you specific names, many of which called into the post-game show after Jim said that. Our friend Vito included, Dro and Clay included, and others that are literally season ticket holders and have been for years. And see, this is assertion from Jim that you have to be a season ticket holder in order to comment about the team, again, is insulting and shows how out of touch he can be with his own fan base. I will always stick up for people that follow this team in whatever means that they do if they're not season ticket holders. Maybe they can't afford to be season ticket holders. Maybe they have lives at home which prevent them from going to a number of games. Frankly, your product hasn't been worth investing in as a season ticket holder for a number of people based on the return on investment that they get. Some people work during your games. I can list a million reasons why they're not season ticket holders and why Jim always circles back to in order for you to qualify and have an opinion on this team that you have to be a season ticket holder, of course, is absurd. If you put in the time and you follow this team, whatever means necessary that you do, then you have every right to express your opinion on this team, on this radio station, or elsewhere. I mean, the smugness in which he calls out people, your most passionate fans that take the time to call into radio stations, to go on uh, 
the chat at QSportsTalk.com, on Twitter, whatever the case may be. These are your most passionate fans. These are the people that care and invest the most. Both can be true, Jim. You can go to games and you can use this forum or others to express a disagreement with how you coach or how your team plays because that shows they care. That shows they're invested in the product itself. Would you rather have a passive fan base that doesn't express themselves in some ways? It doesn't mean we have to agree with all of them. But I guess that's what you want, are 24,000 lemmings sitting there shaking their head at everything that comes out of your mouth. Not to mention, don't you do a radio show that people call into? What are those callers that call you and ask you questions, whether they agree or disagree with you? You can't just take the win, can you? You got to go there. You got to go there. And by the way, you're flexing about 24,000 people, a considerable amount that were there to celebrate nostalgia as opposed to the current state of affairs, which is fine. It showed what you are and what you can be. And anything that gets them there to celebrate Syracuse basketball is great. But that's the point. You can't just have a great day, can you? You got to go there because some people use this forum or others to say, hey, you know what, I think you should play man-to-man defense. Or, hey, you know what, I think they should do X, Y, and Z. God forbid that they would do such a thing. Because they are invested and they are cared. People like Scooter that call this radio station and, and wax poetic and tell stories about being there at Manly Fieldhouse. Yes, Jim, being there at Manly Fieldhouse and at the Dome through the years. People like Stephen North Syracuse who not only has some of the most intelligent phone calls to this radio station, was there on Saturday, is there often. I mentioned some of the other names. You know, I love all you guys. I'm going to leave some names out. Pardon me for doing that. But Dro and Frank and Tim and Eastwood and Wayne in the truck, Steve in North Syracuse, Steve in Liverpool, right? People that don't live here, like Dom, who calls us, regularly from his mail route in North Carolina, Marty, who listens in Tampa, Jim, who listens in Pennsylvania, Robert, who listens in Rochester. Still looking for those backdoor cuts, right? These are your fans. These are the people that care about your product and by virtue of that, care about you in some ways. And this is how you treat them. This is how you call them out on a great day of celebration. Just take the win, literally. Take the win. Take the great day. But no, you were in your feelings again. We got sanitized, humble Jim for a few games. Now, if you go to Greensboro this week and you make a run and you somehow, someway get in that tournament, you can go out there and you can strut and peacock all you want because you'll have earned it. But why Saturday? Strutting about 24,000 people there, pretty much over half of, of that building filled for reasons other than watching a current edition of a basketball team, right? You can't just take the win. You can't just celebrate the day, right? And by the way, I remember a time not so long ago when there would have been 30,000 people. We're bragging about top five now. It used to be top one or two, right? Looking over at 
your sports information director. What do we do today? What are the numbers today? Really, this is this is what we're this is what we're bragging about. This is this is what we're citing here. Okay, that's if that's the route you want to go down. This is why you're losing people, and you don't seem to realize this. Go back to calling out the student reporters. Go back to what you said to Pete Thamel. Go back to various other examples I can give you, because we're all puzzled by it, and it comes from a place of why. And it comes from a place of this is how you choose to represent your university, your fan base, and the people that believe in you and believe in your team. And these are your most passionate people, the people that dial the phone and call this radio station and call this show, the people that I know, that I have met, that I have hugged at radio shows after you made the Final Four in 2003, and that I see at Wegmans every Sunday, and that I have seen at weddings and funerals, and you name it, just running down to Burn Dairy, down the street. These are the people you choose to call out? Just take the win for once. And on that note, to the phones we go at 437-7644, our friend Matt has been waiting patiently on the lines, and now we give the floor to the 22. Uh, Matt, how are you, sir? Thanks for waiting through that uh, that rant there. I appreciate it. No problem. You got me thinking about a whole lot of stuff. Um, I don't know if I can be at 22 because I have season tickets. Yeah, you're out. Sorry. You're not in the club. You're not in the club. You actually go to games. So I don't know if you can be in the 22. We'll, we'll, we'll have to uh, reject your application, Matt. I'm sorry. The more he's a part of this, the more I start to dislike him. Like I, I, that day was solely about the O three team. It was solely about Hack and Jerry, and it totally took a in the post game. It totally took a turn for the worse. It was like, why would you call out people that are coming to support you? I I've, I've been the majority of the games my whole life. Been around the program for a while. It was like a slap in the face. It was just not needed. Well said, Matt. Well said. It was not needed, especially for the people that care about your product the most. It was completely unnecessary. And on a day when, just take the win. Everybody's feeling great. 2003 team's back. Your team got the win. You're going into the ACC tournament with some momentum. People are are starting to believe in you again after expressing their frustrations here. And and that's the road you got to go down. And why? And why? Dom in North Syracuse hanging tight. Appreciate it, sir. How are you? Member of the 22 Club, I believe. Yes, I, I am. Uh, I'm privileged. It's a privilege and honor being part of the group of 22. <laughs> I have uh, copyrighted that already, and I'm going to get shirt, 22 shirt or 22 shirts made and send you 21. Fantastic. And, and Jordan or Josh will be in charge of uh, handing those out. Um, now, Jim is right. I do call, and I do not go to games, and it's because I live in Greenville, North Carolina. But I do think that, like, I am a fan, Brent. Like, not just do I call the show, but, like, living in North Carolina, just showing all the, like, the Syracuse stuff that I wear, the stuff I put on my cars, that I put on my mail truck delivering mail, the trolling of, you know, Tar Heel fans and NC State fans. And I've come on your show, and I've defended this man. As, you know, I look at him like I would rather, like, 
meeting him to me because I didn't grow up in Syracuse like meeting the president. And that may be silly to some people who get to see the man in Wegmans, but to me, he's like, he's like the wizard, you know? And I, I didn't grow up in Syracuse. I, I've never had this, this chance. I've never seen him in person. And I moved to North Carolina in 2009 from New Jersey, where New Jersey, like college basketball and college sports isn't important. And then my fandom got even bigger living here in North Carolina because how much they love college sports. And for him to say that about someone like me, who I am a huge fan, and when I moved here, I, I turned down East Carolina basketball tickets because then I tell the person who offered them to me for free, like, I'm not going to go see ECU play until I've seen Syracuse play. And that's the way I looked at it. It, it was re- He's just, he has really, like, upset me. And he's just proven that he's just the salty old man that the, the people that who call that complain about him, that he is. He proved them right. And that makes me sad. So I, I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you for giving me a platform. Thank you for expressing that, Dom. And, and these are the people I want to hear from, these, these so-called uh, 22 that have the gall to once in a while express their opinion about this team. The people most invested. Dom in North Carolina, who calls this show regularly, on his break from his mail route, pumping up Syracuse everywhere he goes in Greenville, North Carolina, square in the middle of enemy territory, defending Bayon a lot of times, expressing the figure that he can be for people and what he means to Syracuse fans. And to have him turn around and and do that on a, on a day of celebration, on a day when... You couldn't pick a worse time to do it. Everybody's feeling great. Why? Let's get a couple more in here at 437-7644. Scooter, next up here. Scoot, how you doing, bud? Good. Uh, a couple things. Uh, I try to get Jordan. He won't do it. Uh, if you ever give away uh, more game tickets, it's the uh, 22nd call yes. that you take. Yes. But Jordan says that'd be, that would be know, a lot you, of calls for Jordan yeah. to take, but it would be <laughs> worth it. 22. <laughs> Caller 22. 22, every contest <laughs> from here on out. I love it. I love it. A couple, couple of things. First of all, I don't know if people are aware of it, and I, I assume it's true, that Coach Beheim actually owns a piece of this talk radio he does. station. He does. And he he me, is an investor in Galaxy Media, full disclosure. Yes. Okay. But it's like me owning a steak place and telling people not to eat meat. If you don't want people to call in and talk, then don't own the talk radio station. I'm sure the advertisers are loving this part because if people get turned off and not listen or not call, it's got to be hurting the station. And the thing I I don't like is, you know, when I went to the non-sterile manly field house where there was general mission seats, you had to be there at four o'clock in the afternoon if you want a front row seat on one one side of the court. That's when they had the, you know, the uh, the freshman team playing. So I was there at four o'clock, and you bring a lunch, and the and the and the, and the big game doesn't start to eight. And what got me a little irritated with, with 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 what he said is, I feel sorry for the people who are handicapped. My father had Minasina Gravis for the last twenty years of his life, and I took him to basketball games until he could not walk up the the steps. And so he doesn't have a right to have an opinion because he can't go to the game? That's crap. I'm sorry. Yeah, that, and Jim doesn't think about these things, does he? There are people that literally can't go because of physical ailments, because of jobs, because of affordability. Maybe they just, you know, look at the product and say, it's better for me to be at home, whatever the reason may be. You can't be a real fan unless you're a season ticket holder. And if you're a season ticket holder in the building, and if you dare to call a radio show and maybe disagree once in a while, maybe a boring world if we just all agreed all the time. 
right? Right. I mean, you got to watch what you're saying. And he still, to this point, has not learned that. And and what is the point of this? And why does he feel like he's probably got a lot of people on his side, I would imagine, that, that feel sports talk radio is what it is, Scooter. And thank you for the thoughts as always, my friend. But just why? I, on that day, right? If somebody said something specifically that you want to disagree with, which he does all the time, fine. By the way, you know, not only does Jim do his own radio show that people call into, he calls into this show a lot, unprompted. He's literally a sports talk radio caller, Jim in Fayetteville, but he's going to call you out for doing the same thing. For why? <laughs> Just why? Just keep digging that hole. Just keep digging it deeper. All right, I have to get to a break, but I do want to get one more in here before we do at 437-7644. And you're going to hear some new voices I'm starting to see on my phone lines here, not just the usual 22, and I appreciate the patience of those calling in for the first time waiting uh, through here. It's part of the experience of Sports Talk Radio. Sometimes you got to wait a little bit, and we do appreciate that. But Vito would like to respond as well as uh, a full-fledged member of the class of 22. Hello there, Vito. How are you? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. How you, how you doing? Uh, so yeah, a couple things. Um, I called uh, the show earlier today and I kind of gave my, my thoughts on, you know, if Beheim comes back another year, if that's the plan, how, how to kind of weaponize that on a recruiting trail and, you know, uh, maybe using that as a, as a way to get recruits to come sure. in conjunction yeah. with, but, but more importantly though, act in conjunction with, you know, telling them we're going to be open to using man to man, kind of wipe that zone thing off the table. Let's get rid of it for the last year and say, we're more open to using it. We're going to use it. I do want to say this. I want to hopefully get a little time here. I want to give you a little background on myself as a fan and his insinuation. And I'm not a real fan. And maybe he'll change his tune on that when I tell him all the things I've done over the years, the crazy things I've done as a fan. But I do want to say this real quick. If JJ Starling's on the market, I would absolutely love to see him here with Judah. Uh, uh, you know, Judah. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Giddy up. Absolutely. If, if you get Judah, Judah, in my mind, is a top five recruit in the 24 class right now. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you're going to look at him as someone coming in new, he is a five-star, high-caliber recruit on the team right now that you absolutely have to keep. If they can get Starling at the two, and then you got Jesse, and I think Benny's going to be good next year. I hope that he stays based on his his recent games and, and his willing, I, I mean, he's willing himself to these performances at this point. I think he's going to be better next year. I, I don't count on it, but maybe he comes back. Let me just say this about myself to Bayheim. In 2016, I flew by myself to Dallas, Texas. Nobody wanted to come because they didn't want to foot the money to fly out to Houston. I drove by myself to Dallas and drove down to Houston and went to the Final Four by myself because nobody wanted to go with me. It was too much money for them. I flew to Atlanta in 2012. I flew out to San Jose to watch them in the first round against Montana and California. I've gone to countless games in the Dome. I'm one of the people that gets the crowds up when you're supposed to stand up during defensive stands when we're down by 15 points and make it back. I spent a lot of money on this program and for him to make blanket stereotypical statements about fans calling radio shows. Let me tell you something. There's an article by a guy named Danny Emerson. I think his name is uh, from the daily orange or Dan, Danny Emmerman mm-hmm. two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you recall, I'm sure you remember, remember this. Yep. The, yeah. I remember this. Yep. The five foot two uh, reporter remark. I mean, he just puts his foot in his mouth so much and, and just, he's the face of the program puts us on national spotlight for the wrong reasons, says the dumbest things. It's like 
that is a great article, and he actually references Pat in the article from Syracuse. Um, and th- this is just going back years, the squabble with, you know, reporters and the whole thing with the Post Standard in the early 90s. And he had a, a problem with a reporter from uh, the USA Today that said he should be fired after the Richmond loss, the 15-2 and two seed game in the tournament. And then he was staring at him in the room at the final when he won the, uh, the whole thing in 2003. So many examples of this. So yeah, many examples of this. That's one thing. That's the media that's being critical of you in a public format, which he's responding to, to call out people like you, Vito. And I, you just gave all those credentials and all those games you go to and all that money and all that time that you invest in this thing and you call a sports talk radio show, but you'd never dare do such a thing. But literally, I'm hearing you doing it right now and have done it many times and have done it well. And I hate to cut you off, Vito, because you're just expressing a lot of things here very well, and I appreciate you doing so. But see, you hit the nail on the head in this sense, and we have to get to a break, and we'll come back to more of your phone calls. To just make blanket hyperbole about people that call shows as if they're all some sort of demon of your fandom, you're, start, you're finding out here, in case you didn't know, who you're talking about, your most passionate, loyal fans that you slapped in the face for no reason. Back after this. 